You're listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, a place where hope and reality converge. How many of you understand there's practical positioning that takes place? You can't speak in tongues and English at the same time. If you're lingering in the altar and you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's important at some point, listen to me, to wait upon God and spiritually position yourself and even turn the English off and expect God to fill you and enable you to speak in tongues as the Spirit enables. That's what the Bible says. But if we are here and we're shouting, Jesus, 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 listen, I'm not saying from that tongues can't come, but position yourself where you wait and you expect and you cultivate a hunger on the inside of you, a childlike faith saying, if the God thing is in the Bible, I want the God thing that is in my life. It happens at the intersection of our positioning and God's power. There are other intersections of God things I think about. How about the intersection, listen to me, of your crossroads in Jesus' cross. How many of you understand that your story of salvation was a God thing in and of itself? Oh, come on. How many of you remember? How many of you can look at your life and say, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I don't know if I would even be here. I don't even know if I would be alive. I would be addicted. I would be this. I would be that. But at a crossroads of my life, it intersected with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it changed me. I remember the crossroads of my life whenever I got saved. Because in 10th grade, I started dating a drama mama. Another story about a girl. I'm sorry. You wonder why I can speak to teenagers. Started dating a drama mama. You know what I'm talking about. She knew my past. That I grew up in an alcoholic home. A mom who tried to commit suicide while, while, twice while we were in the home. A dad who left for a couple of years. I spent a lot of time in family therapy. I started dating a drama mom in 10th grade. She came to me one day and said, Mike, I'm going to tell you something I never told anybody before. When I was growing up, I was raped. I need you to hold that in confidence, but I need to lean on you and listen to me. Boy, did she ever lean. Call me in the middle of the night crying. I'd been in family therapy, Kyle. So I practiced family therapy on her. We meditated together. We did all, it was ridiculous. Finally, it got so heavy that I broke her confidence. How many of you understand, teenagers and young people, it is not God's will for you to carry on your own certain things that certain friends tell you. Just exhausted. Had been hanging out with these Christians on my campus. Instead of myself, if there's anybody I can tell, it's the leader of this ministry. I wasn't saved, but I liked her. Went over to her house. Said, I just got to tell you something. It's a secret. Been dealing with it for a year. She calls me crying every single day. It's heavy. I'm worn out. I'm tired of it. What can we do? 
spend four hours with me. Her family was very influential in the community, trying to figure out the best way to tell them, etc., etc., etc. It's exhausting. At 11 o'clock at night, I'm walking out wearing my Spud McKenzie shirt. That for those of you that can remember, Spud McKenzie was the mascot of Budweiser. Got Spud right on my shirt. 11 o'clock, I'm walking out. She says, Mike, is there anything else you want to talk about? And I'm like, yeah. We've been hearing these terms about being saved and born again and Bible. And I really don't understand what all that means. But I thought maybe you want to tell me. It was just like a side thought. And I literally looked at her and said, but you're probably tired. I'm tired. We can talk about it later. And I'm about to walk out. And she grabs Spud. She says, sit down. And she tells me the gospel about a God who loves me so much that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Explain to me about sin and the wages of sin being death. Explain to me about a Jesus who died on this cross and was resurrected and went back into heaven. About a God who loves me and wants a relationship with me. And I'm telling you, I can't remember it word for word. But it was a God thing as the Holy Spirit came upon me. And I just looked at her and I said, I need that. And she's like, well, let's pray. And listen, I grabbed this lady's hand. And I began to say the sinner's prayer. And I was not a crier growing up. And I am weeping. I am snotting all over Spud. Get miraculously saved. Get into my car. Drive home. The next day, drama mama calls. Got to talk to you. Come over. Get in my car. Driving. Get to her house. Walk in the kitchen. She's weeping. Mike, there's something I need to tell you. Everything I've been telling you for the last year is a complete lie. Oh, no, she didn't. Because I'm telling you right now, I was barely saved. Are you with me? I'm starting to take a little step and extend a little right hand of fellowship. I had an issue with anger. And as I'm literally taking a step toward her, Dee Dee Stevens, a lady who led me to the Lord the night before, said, Mike, let me just tell you one verse. In all things, God works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And it dawned on me, if she had never lied to me, I would have never ended up at her house. I would have never asked what it meant to get saved. And I may not be your preacher today. How many of you are grateful for a God who knows how to weave together the issues of your life that he'll bring a story about? That whatever crossroads you're at, listen to me. The all-sovereign, almighty God has an intersection that is designed so that you might collide with the power of God. That when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are born again and you know it. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of you. And you are now a child of the most high God, a son or daughter of him. And I don't know what your story is tonight. But for somebody in the house, your crossroads is about to collide with his cross in your life. It's never going to be the same. It's a God thing. Oh, I think about other God things. Let me tell you about a couple more intersections. How about the intersection of his depth in your decision? 
I'm reminded of the story when the disciples are out in the boat and they're fishing all night and they've not caught a thing. How many of you men can relate? It was their favorite fishing hole. They had been there and done that, hadn't caught a thing. These were expert fishermen in their day. They come off the shore weary and exhausted, and Jesus says, oh, you don't have anything? Go out a little bit deeper and let your nets out again. How many of you remember the story that I'm talking about? To which they say, Jesus, we've done this all night and hadn't caught a thing. And by the way, this is our favorite fishing hole. We know this place. And then they look up at Jesus and say, but because you say so. Because you say so. They let out into deeper waters and catch the catch of a lifetime. God things happen for us, listen to me, at the intersection of God's depth and our decisiveness. God, because you say so, I'll go out deeper. Because you say so, I'll become more faithful in church. Because you say so, I'll become a faithful giver. Because you say so, I'll be baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because you say so, I'll do the hard thing and make the hard decision. Because you say so, though my flesh screams against it, I'm going to be crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself as a ransom for me. And because you say so, though my flesh, that unrenewed part of my mind that still battles with temptation, though I feel like doing this, I'm going to choose to honor God and do this. Because you say so. How many of you understand there's a depth to discipleship that we can always launch out into that's much deeper than where we're at? Because you say so, God. I'll be using the spiritual gifts. I feel like I've got a word for somebody. Oh, it's probably the pizza that I ate. Oh, that can't be. God doesn't want to use me in those. But because you say so, God, I'm going to step out. God, you want me to teach? You want me to pioneer this ministry? You want me to be involved in this? God, I, come on, how many of you have ever tried to talk yourself out of it before? feel like you're changing my direction, God. I feel like you're challenging me. God, because you say so, I will let down my nets. This word is for somebody tonight that you are battling and listen to me. You have been in shallow waters and God is saying, let out into the deep place and let down your nets. And when you do, when you do, because God said so, You will catch some things, listen to me, that will start catching you. One of the reasons why sometimes we get bored in our faith. What's next, God? It reminds me of when I used to fish. How many of you like to fish? I love to fish when I catch stuff. I'll never forget standing on the shore and I'd have my little pole. My dad, he'd be bass fishing. He'd be throwing that bait caster out 200 yards. And I had my little bobber and a worm. And I'd be one inch out on the water. Little bobber starts shaking. Catch a fish. Be this big right here. Daddy! Eventually, my dad would just roll his eyes. He'd go cast another 200 times. Daddy! 
I was catching chicken nuggets. Fish nuggets is all I was catching. I was catching sushi. Could have swallowed them on spot. Minnows at best. My dad looked at me one time and said, when are you going to start fishing in deeper water? I'm like, Dad, why should I? Look what I'm catching. And he just simply says, the chances of you catching a bigger fish are in deeper waters. And eventually as I grew up, listen to me, the stuff that I was capturing in the shallow end wasn't capturing me anymore. Are you with me tonight? Is what you're capturing in your Christianity captivating your heart? What's the last thing he showed you? What's the last revelation you had? We talked about that two nights ago. What's the last thing that God spoke to you in the secret place, in your prayer closet? What's the last thing that fill in the blank? I don't know about you, but it is time for the church to get into deeper waters with God. You say, well, if I go deep, I'm going to drown. I beg your pardon. You stay shallow, there's a likelihood of you drowning in the things of life How many of you feel like God's calling you into deeper waters in this season? Raise your hand right now. Number whatever I'm on. God, things happen at the intersection, listen, of your touch and his timing. Mark chapter 5. Woman with the issue of blood there. Jesus is passing by. Been sick and bound for 12 years. Jesus passes by and she has the thought, if I just touch him, the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And there was an intersection that took place that as Jesus was passing by and as she reached out, a miracle took place in her life. How many of you believe that we're in a season where Jesus is passing by again? How many believe that we can be in a season where the Holy Spirit moves in our midst in a distinct way? How many of you believe that we can be in a season again where Jesus is passing by and he's waiting for the church to say, if only I touch him. Still need a miracle? Oh, let there be a divine intersection in your life. How many of you are grateful for a God who's still touchable? And how many of you are grateful for a God who still knows how to touch you? There's an intersection, His timing, in my touch. Let's just move on. Worship team, come back. Just reminders tonight. God, things happen at the intersection. Of just because and just because. How many of you have kids, grandkids? How many of you have a child in your life that you love in some way? Maybe you have some children that are easier to love than others. We won't talk about that. Told you the story last night about my wife's gift giving. She always outgifts me. 
And she loves to give gifts to our kids. How many of you are like that? Moms, grandmas. You love to spoil them grandkids, don't you? Some parents like us have to straighten them out. Grandma spoils you. Give me that toy. My kids were young. We lived at the dollar store. Such good bribery. Back then, bribery was cheap. My wife is a gifted gift giver. For us, Christmas is a great season of the year. Really because of my wife. The next year's Christmas starts on December 26th at our house. She's going through the store. Josh says, man, I'd like to have a new Nerf gun. Do kids go through that phase? My boys went through it a couple years ago. It was awesome. I'm talking about some high-end Nerf guns. I killed a deer with one of them one time. They're amazing. High-powered Nerf. I'd like to have a new Nerf gun. My wife takes a mental note. She even has a deal on her phone. And all year long, she's hearing their desires. She's like, taking a note. She's collecting these gifts. I've got about two days where I actually have space in my closet. Because throughout the years, she'll buy stuff. The reason why Christmas morning is so special, how many of you are like me and you're a last-minute gift giver? Men, we have Valentine's Day coming up. Okay? You still have Friday. Just get it on Friday. Get it on Friday. I'm best under pressure. Come on. Say amen. Not my wife. She's thoughtful. Not that I'm not, but she... The reason why Christmas morning is so awesome in our house is because you can see the faces of my kid light up whenever Josh goes, Mom, I said I wanted this Nerf gun 10 months ago, and you remembered. Jake opens up something. Mama, how did you know? I don't remember telling you this. Hannah Grace, Mama, why did you do that? And Carla says, just because I love you. Just because. How many of you believe that we serve a God of just because? That absolutely, we have a small part, so God does a big part. We have a faith journey and small steps of seeing God things be released in our life but at the end of the day God blesses us and gives us every good and perfect gift because of his love for you and I he's a God of just because how many of you like me tend to be the disciplinarian in your home Somebody's hands have to go up. We we don't discipline our kids. Okay? Bad cop, good cop. You know what I'm talking about? I love to ask other kids, 
So, when you're in trouble, who would you rather deal with, mom or dad? Mama, mama. I'm kind of the bad cop. Because how many times do I, I look and go, I, I don't know that they deserve that right now. Sometimes there's a conditional response of a parent. And listen to me, that holds up in our relationship with the Lord to a certain degree and certain level. But I've learned that the grace of God teaches me to say no to all ungodliness. And when I'm coming to the understanding that He is a just cause God who takes great delight in me and rejoices over me with singing, the Bible says in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, and He rejoices and spins around in wild anticipation over my life. There is nothing that causes me to hunger and thirst for godliness like the grace of God. The realization that every good and perfect gift comes from a God of just because. How many of you believe in the Word of God that says that He is a faithful rewarder for those who faithfully and diligently seek Him? Raise your hand. grateful for a God of just because it's not him endorsing sin or certain lifestyle it's him embracing us us as sons and daughters how many of you tonight say for the remainder of this year I'm going to trust God for God things in my life God things in my church. God things in my home. God things in my emotions. God things in my finances. God things in the relationships that I have with my children. God things in the relationship that I have with my spouse. Bow your heads just for a moment. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, this year, would you do God things? Come on, church. Would you pray here just for a moment? Can we just begin to go before the throne of grace and ask God to do God things? God, do God things. Blow our minds. Do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. That, Lord, when we look back on this year of 2015, that we will look back on and say that was the year of God things. That was a year of God things. But God, who changes everything, it was going one direction, but God intervened. My health was going in one direction, but God intervened. My family was going in one direction, but God. Lift your hand right now if you're trusting God for God things. Come on, church. The Lord hears the desires of your heart. And if my wife, being an earthly mother, overhears the desires of her children, how much more does God desire to do a God thing? You you want a God thing in an area of your life. Right now, I want you to stand up. Just stand up and begin to, to step just stand. Feel the, the ground beneath your feet. Declare ground tonight for God things to take place. Go ahead. Declare the ground of your life. Say, oh God, make it fertile for God things. 
Oh, yes, oh, Lord. Listen, I know the road can get weary and tough. Just like the disciples in that boat, when they had to get back in it and start rowing again, they had to fish beyond the familiar if they were going to catch the new stuff, the deeper stuff. Oh, there's going to be a side to it, church, where we just got to launch out into deeper waters and we look up to heaven and say, God, because you said so. But listen to me, the rowing is going to be worth it. Getting back in the boat and not giving up is going to be worth it. Getting into unfamiliar, uncharted waters is going to be worth it. God, I'm wanting a God thing. I don't want to catch what I've caught before. I want to catch some things that I've never caught before. Oh, God, the very things that I catch, let them captivate me, capture me. Lord, I pray that Pastor Jason's phone would blow up with text messages. Guess what God spoke to my life? Guess what God did in my finances, in my family? Guess what the Lord is doing in my marriage, in my home? Email after email, testimony after testimony of God things happening at Faith Assembly in Jesus' name. your heads bowed and your eyes shut guys can you turn up my microphone just a shade your heads bowed and your eyes shut tonight you say you know what the greatest God thing is called salvation when your crossroads and his cross collide your story and his story collide and you as I did when I was 17 years old look to the Lord and say I need you I need that Bible says the wages of our sin is death, that apart from Christ, we will not know him personally on this earth. And when we die, we will go to a place called hell, separated from him forever. But God, but God does a God thing and demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died the ungodly being born again is the greatest God thing the Bible says that apart from Christ right now spiritually you're dead if you don't know him but the moment you begin to acknowledge your need for a savior that will rescue you from the penalty of sin and you begin to place your faith in him the Bible says he causes the spirit of God to come and live on the inside of you that declares and seals ownership that now you belong to God and you're his child and you become spiritually alive. If you're here tonight and you say, you know what, regardless of all the other God things that we've talked about, you say, I need the greatest God thing. I need salvation. I need to know Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. There's somebody here tonight that God is knocking loudly upon your heart right now. I just heard that in my spirit. He's not knocking softly. 
That knock is growing louder and louder and louder in your life. It is time for you to open the door and let Jesus in. If that is you tonight, I count to three and your hand goes straight up and you say, I'm ready for the greatest God thing, to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. One, two, three. As you raise your hand right now, I see it. Leave it up. Leave it up right now. Who else? I see it. Who else? Come on. Come on, this is the greatest God thing. This is the greatest God thing. Who else? Your heart is wrestling right now. It's pounding in your chest. You know it's you. If you don't allow your crossroads to meet the cross, listen, then your crossroads could end in destruction. Who else? Anybody else? I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Who else? Who else? Come on, we have three or four individuals raise their hand. We're going to pray this prayer together. Are you ready? Are you ready? We're all going to pray it out loud. And those of you that just raised your hand, you're about to become born again. Everybody, let's pray. Jesus, right now, my turn. It's my time. It's my crossroads. Jesus, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sin. I need a Savior. I need a Lord. And tonight, I'm letting you in. Change me from the inside out. By faith. Jesus, you're my Lord and my Savior. And I'm now your child. Come on, let's just begin to thank the Lord. Can we do that, Father? We we thank you. Now, who are you? You just prayed that prayer. Raise your hand one more time again. Raise your hand right here, right here. Come on, lift it high just for a moment. It's not meant to embarrass you. It's meant as a point of celebration for you, sir. You have crossed over from death to life. You now belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Tell you what, Pastor Jason, would you just raise your hand right now? I'm not trying to embarrass you, but if you just prayed that prayer, I just kind of feel like that you need to connect with Pastor Jason. He's a lot cooler than I am, much better looking. Step out with me just for a second. Give me just for a second. Anybody else pray this? See, this is what church is supposed to be all about. This is what church is supposed to all be about. Who else? Anybody else say, I need to shake Pastor's hand and just acknowledge God publicly? Anybody else? of you that are already Christians saying I need a God thing in my life raise your hand right now oh we had a lot of hands go up you ready can we pray one more night listen I tried to preach short I didn't succeed but I tried can we pray can we linger in God's presence for another 10-15 minutes 
and just believe God for God things. You need a God thing, ma'am? You need a God thing? I know it's hard. I know we're strangers. Come here. I'm just believing it for you tonight. I just have Holy Spirit courage tonight that God can do God things still. I believe that. Come here, Come here. Would you stand out and come pray? Who else needs a God thing? Raise your hand. Physically, financially, emotionally. I need a God thing. You need a God thing? Come here. There's something about stepping out again, just around, call it an old-fashioned altar. The Lord spoke to me not long ago and said the altar is not a game, but it's a game changer. It's a game changer. You need a God thing. I want you to begin to step out around this altar tonight. And I just feel there's something about us all coming. You raised your hand just a moment ago. I need a God thing. I want you to come. And I want us to crowd on this altar. And I want us to be the church and believe God together. So I need you to come forward as much as you can. say you're talking about miracles? Absolutely. You say you're talking about signs and wonders? Absolutely. I'm talking about God's intervention. During worship, the Lord spoke to me about your life. Confusion ceases from this moment forward. This is a brand new start and a brand new beginning for you. There's going to be a clarity, a sense of focus. And ma'am, listen to me. A sense of peace that you've been longing for. I'm so proud of you, sir. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, church. Lord, we just begin to go to you. And we're asking you, God, to do God things right now. Go ahead and begin to ask him. He's a God of just because. Go ahead and begin to ask him tonight. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that tonight would serve as a sovereign intersection of our faith, God. Lord, that tonight would serve as a release point. That's what I just heard in my spirit. A release point. And Jesus said, though you being evil know how to good give, give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more? Come on, position yourself. That's what we talked about in the beginning. Position yourself. Lift a hand to the Lord, would you, right now all across this place. It's a positioning of surrender. section of you reaching up and God reaching down is an intersection that's happening tonight. Lord, let your spirit be released in this place that God, as we reach up, you reach down. If you're here tonight and you're bound in something, there is an addiction in your life. I still believe that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I declare in the name of Jesus tonight that as you reach up, the mighty deliverer, the strong tower, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. Lord, I declare in Jesus' name, freedom tonight. There are a couple of you in this altar and you're battling with a generational stronghold. Something that has been passed on from generation to generation. 
hopelessness has settled into your heart. You've been convinced that this is the way it's always going to be. I bind that lie in the name of Jesus tonight. And I speak into your spirit by the spirit of God that your legacy will change in Jesus' name. That it will break off of your generation. It will break off of your life and never be passed on to your children and into your grandchildren in Jesus' name. Come on, keep reaching up, would you? I just, I just sense the Lord. Some of you are weary. Your hands are lifted high and you're weary. Listen, we're going to begin to worship and the Lord is going to begin to strengthen you. We're going to begin to worship. And I just hear the word release. Release, release, release. Your praises go up. His presence comes down. Your worship goes up. His glory comes down. His glory comes down. Lord, we worship you. Get ready, worship team. Get ready, worship team. In 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Lord, we worship you tonight. Oh, be God. That's what I'm asking for. Be God tonight. That's my prayer. Lord, you know every need and every God thing that's represented in this altar. And I'm asking, just be God tonight. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week.